Hey everyone, and welcome to Be The Leader You Deserve podcast, where my mission is to inspire you to ask yourself, are you the leader you deserve? Hi, I'm Jill Handley, and I am so excited to be here with you today. This is season seven, episode nine. Quit managing and start leading. So today I get the opportunity to chat with and learn from another amazing principal, Ross Braun. Ross is currently the principal of Monroe Central Elementary, located in Parker City, Indiana. Now, if you're connected with Ross on Twitter, then you know that he is a small town principal helping students achieve big time dreams. So welcome, Ross. So glad to have you here today. Uh, Thank you, Jill. Uh, I am excited and just honored that you asked me to be here. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you for a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Um, I love following you on Twitter. It looks like you have so much fun at your school. So uh, speaking of your school, before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and the school that you lead? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, like you said, uh, my name is Ross Braun at Monroe Central Elementary. Uh, we're a K through six elementary building uh, located in beautiful Parker City in Indiana. Uh, we are a rural district, um, but we do have a very diverse uh, student population. We have students coming from all backgrounds, all socioeconomic backgrounds. We are a Title I school as well. Uh, And this year, we start back to school next week. Uh, We're going to hit 600 students. So that's an exciting time. Um, That was my goal when I started leading here was that magic number of 600. Um, We haven't been there since the 1980s when this building opened. So um, it's an exciting time to be a Golden Bear and uh, it is an honor to lead this building and, and like you said, just have fun. And that was is my number one goal um, when it comes to, to leading a building and, and, and education in general is let's bring the fun back in it. Let's get these kids um, learning, enjoying their reading and, and having fun. And my goal, if they leave at the end of the day and they had fun and don't even realize, hey, <laughs> I was at school today and I learned an abundance of information but wow, I can't wait to go back tomorrow. Then we're doing something right. So I would say that um, you're definitely doing something right, Ross. With um, with congratulations, first of all, on that enrollment. I think that speaks just you know volumes to your leadership and your staff's ability to engage students and having that fun every day. Um, so it sounds like you have a tremendous amount to be proud of at your school. But when you think about being a leader, what would you say if you had to pick one thing that you are most proud of? What would that be? I think the culture of our building, um, you know, I talked a little bit about that. And for me, um, I, I want students and staff to, to beat down that door every morning. And it, it, my face lights up every morning. I meet, greet the kids as they're coming in for buses. And some days I've got a teacher or parent that stops me on the way out. They may beat me to that door uh, and they're literally beating down trying to get in. And they're screaming, <laughs> Braun, Mr. Braun, and, and uh, though that just makes my whole day. Sometimes I, I think maybe I should be late on purpose just so I could see that because <laughs> they pick me up. But uh, so you know, seeing students um, wanting to be here and really enjoy school uh, is something that I, I'm very proud of. But also, um, more importantly, with our our staff and the culture of this building. You know, hearing teachers or staff members say. I get to come to school tomorrow uh, and it's not, I have to go to work. That's uh, just always been a passion of mine is how can we make this school with our kids and our students and our family and our community instead of work. Um, And 
I think we're there. I think there's always room for improvement. And um, that's why I'm here. I'm talking to you today and I'm trying to utilize my PLN and, and everybody that's doing this great work with us um, because we can't do it alone. Um, no, you, you are so, you are so right, Ross. And that's, you know, it's a lonely job. That's what I say over and over is that as the principal, you know, we couldn't do it without one another. And, and I think that, you know, experienced principals like yourself understand the importance of a great culture, um, not only for students, but you mentioned for staff as well. Um, so I know as leaders, you know, we learn so much from our experiences and oftentimes from our failures. So when you think about this great culture that you have and the other things that you've learned along your way as a leader, uh, what are two or three things that you feel are most impactful that you think uh, you'd love to share so that other leaders could learn from you? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and, you know, I don't think any of us are perfect. And, and that's another, to me, a, a, a characteristic of a great leader is just always looking for ways that you can improve. Um, and so a few things that kind of I can connect with here is, you know, before I went into administration, I was a coach. I coached track. I coached cross country. Um, I would coach the basketball as well. Um, and it was probably late in my first year um, as an administrator that I felt like, man, I'm just managing staff and, and that's not what I want to do here. I want to lead. Um, and I, I said, why not take, you know, my years of coaching and use that as these are, you know, my, my, my team and this is, and we call ourselves the MC family. Um, and it is a family mentality here within our walls. Um, but why not coach these folks and not instead of manage them? Um, and when, once I was able to make that connection and it clicked, then I really saw, you know, the ceiling open up and it was like, we can do some great things here. So uh, that's one. I think, too, you know, early on, um, just maybe not listening or, or wanting to fix things right away, um, but just listen first. You know, whether it's a, a parent, uh, a student, and, and definitely with a staff member, when they come into your office and you see that look on their face or that, you know, look of just exhaustion or defeat, let's talk and listen for as long as they need to talk, um, and then we can find a solution. So listen first. Um, and then for me, <laughs> I'm a perfectionist uh, <laughs> and I, I just like things to be a certain way. And, and I have definitely had to learn that everything's not going to be perfect. And there are certain things that are out of your control. Uh, this summer, we, we did a pretty big uh, building renovation here oh. and you know, with construction, <laughs> especially in this time, um, there's just things that, that aren't going to get done. There's things that are still out there on a shipping container somewhere that we're not sure where they're at. And, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's not going to be perfect on the first day, but we're going to have kids here in the building and we're going to be fully staffed and Hey, I could control that. So that's good. You know? Yeah. I think, I think that's such an important lesson. Um, and that's something, uh, cause this is, I'm starting year 16 as a principal of my school and like yourself, I, I, cause you know, it's a reflection of us. We work so hard to support our staff so they can support our students. And so it's frustrating when you have this grandiose idea and there are a few little details that don't get pulled off. But what you just said, I think is something that, that leaders, regardless of their years of experience is such a critical piece is learn to focus on what you can control. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, then the last one, I think you, as you talk about that question is, um, surrounding yourself with the right people. 
Um, and going back to that kind of perfection piece and controlling, when you surround yourself with the right people and the right team, trusting them um, and letting them take some of that weight off your plate. Because like you mentioned earlier, I mean, this can be a very lonely job and this can be a job that, that um, just can be exhausting at times, especially uh, for me, I was trying to do everything, you know, those first few years. And then when I realized, hey, I've got great people around me that, that are great at what they do. I need to trust them a little bit more and we can do special things together. And so I think that would, would sum up that question. Yeah, those are, you know, delegation. I think that's another one other guests have talked about is that as leaders that, you know, why is that one so tough for us, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it stems from two things. I think it comes from one, that perfectionist, but two, just, um, I hate to say wanting to prove yourself, but, you know, I've talked with other guests who are like, especially those first few years, you want to make the community who chose you as their leader feel like they made the right decision, right? Um, so do you have any tips as people start to learn to do be, do a better job of delegating? Do you have tips for, for ways to start to release some of that and empower others? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I, I think communication is so important. Um, and there are sometimes I think as leaders, we like envision something or we think I've got this great idea and I'm just going to kind of point my finger and, and, you know, so-and-so is going to just get it done because they know what I, I think. <laughs> and we don't have any telepathic powers. I don't, I haven't seen met a leader that has that, but sometimes we feel like it. And so when it comes to delegation, I think clear, concise communication, uh, and then just being intentional about um, meeting. You know, we have our, our student focus team um, here at our school with our assistant principal and um, we have an SRO at our elementary and a school counselor, and we meet every Friday morning at nine o'clock, um, no matter what's going on. And we're going to meet at that time and be intentional so we can delegate tasks for the week ahead. And then um, our big word when we meet is let's be proactive. How are we being proactive in discipline? How are we being proactive in the culture of our building um, and with specific students? So I would say communication and then just um, being intentional in your time. I love the name of that team. I know um, I'm pretty sure you were at the NASP conference um, back in Louisville. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it was. I'm sorry we didn't connect in person, but we'll definitely have to do that next summer. Um, yeah. But I know that in one of the sessions that I attended, you know, people were talking about looking for different names for your admin team. So it's not just your admin team, you know, kind of. But, so I love that term student focused team, because I think that helps us when we start to go off on a tangent, you know, that helps us remember what we're doing the focus is on the students so i think i'm going to have to steal that that term <laughs> so ross you know clearly um i you talked about you've not met a principal with telepathic uh gifts and i don't think i've met the principal that feels like that their principal prep really prepared them to be a principal right so when you think back on your leadership prep what are one or two things that you wish they had taught you or that you would have known prior to taking the job Say it. I I missed the course on how to lead in a pandemic. I don't know if you <laughs> had that, but um, somehow I didn't get registered for that. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, really, uh, I think th truthfully, you know, there was one thing the pandemic um, taught us, which is how how quick that we need to be able to adapt and how flexible we need to be, and that goes back to giving up some of that, you know, control and, and perfectionist. Um, a little bit, but you know, teacher prep, I don't think it, they just prepare you of what the job truly is. 
you know, we, you can prepare and you can learn and hear from great, great um, professors or whatnot in those programs. But until you're in the trenches and you're just learning hands on, um, there's really there's nothing that's going to prepare you for that. So uh, I would encourage, you know, beyond the teacher prep, surround yourself from day one with leaders, principals, um, not just in your corporation, because we're a pretty small corporation. Obviously, we have our elementary and then our junior, senior high. And I'm thankful to have a, a good mentor and our high school principal. Um, but also, you know, surround yourself with, with other elementary principals, if you're an elementary principal or vice versa, um, within your area, um, within your state. And, and I've been blessed to, to make some great connections from, you know, folks around the country that you can lean on, ask questions to. Um, because I have learned more from those folks than um, I ever did in my teacher prep program, which I'm thankful for Ball State University. Chirp, chirp. Um, they did <laughs> a great job, but um, you, you know, you just don't learn it until you're right. You're in it. Yeah, and I don't think there's any way you can truly be totally prepared. I mean, I think even still, there are things that come up, and I'm like, oh, this is a new one. Um, so, yeah. like you, <laughs> like you, I'm so thankful for that PLN. Um, so, you mentioned the pandemic, um, and so I know that that was definitely a tough challenge. But when you think about some of your toughest challenges that you faced as a leader, what were those, and then how did you overcome those? Yeah. I mean, hands down, the pandemic obviously is going to be probably the toughest challenge any of us face in our careers. I mean, hopefully, you know, for those of us that are, are younger, we're going to be doing this for another 25, 30 years. Um, you know, hopefully we're, we're going to look back and say, wow, that that was it. That was the most <laughs> thrilling time. And, and a lot of it, unfortunately, it's, it's forced a lot of teachers and, and leaders both out of the profession. And um, I take that to heart. You know, we've had a couple teachers say, this just isn't for me. And, and you look back and you're like, gosh, if it wasn't for that, then you could have done that because you're a great teacher. But mm -hmm. um, it, it, I respect their decision for sure. So I think for me, definitely, hands down, that has been the toughest part. And then just the constant changes that come along with that. So now, you know, I, I've sent out back to school um, slides and videos yesterday to our staff. And it's like, hey, this is this is a year that it's looking pretty normal that I don't have an additional video or additional slides that say, here's all the new information of the changes. Right. And so um, through all that, I think for me, just what's best for kids. You know, we ask ourselves a lot that in this building is, are we doing what's best for kids? We may not all agree to it. Um, it may look messy at first, but this is what we need to do for kids. And, and so I ask myself that a lot through these challenges. Um, and then for me, I'm a, I'm a positive person. Um, you probably see that just following uh -huh. me on Twitter, but, you know, always looking for silver linings and then opportunities. Like we have grown so much from these challenges these past few years because we've been able to look at ourselves and say, maybe that wasn't the best practice or maybe we actually didn't have to do that. You know, and, and we've been able to take so much off our teacher's plates these past two years and we don't have to put them back on. You know, I talk about this being a, a new kind of normal year. Well, we don't have to put everything back on their plate that was on there three years ago. And so just continue to look for silver linings and opportunities to improve. Yeah, Ross, so you bring about a really great thing that I'd love for you to expand upon because um, when I was at the NASP conference, one of, one of the sessions that I presented on was about teacher burnout. And really, you know, I think that's 
something that we as leaders have to be very cognizant of is what can we take off their plate? So can mm-hmm. you talk to the listeners a little bit about um, what are some of those things that you've been able to take off their plate or things that you're, that you're committed to not putting back on their plate? Absolutely. I think for me, my number one thing is time um, and energy, respecting their time and, and their amount of energy. When they're here from you know, our, our contracted hours, 7.45 to 3.15, I want them to be able to give their time to their kids and to their classroom. And, and that is so important. And we have a ton of, we, there's something in the water out here, but we have a ton of new, new moms in our building. I think we've had six maternity leaves in the past two and a half years. Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, I, as a, you know, I have a little one myself, I have three kids, and, um, but I know how important that is to be, be home and how much a new mom misses their child. And so when that 315 hits, their contracted hours are over, I want them to be able to go home to that baby, you know. And so respecting their time and not having after school meetings and not, you know, putting so much on their plate that they have to spend hours after school to um, take care of those things. And then, you know, just communications. I love, I use more newsletters and every Sunday I send out that small newsletter and, and everybody knows it's been a little bit of a transition, but everybody knows if you read the s'more, you're set for the week. You're actually, you're set for the month ahead. Um, and that we don't have to sit and stare at each other for an hour after school on Monday to talk about everything. Um, and so, like I said, it's been a transition. I've had people come to me on Monday mornings and ask questions and I'm like, um, did you read the s'more yet? <laughs> and they're like, I'll, I will, I'll be back. And then they don't come back because the question's answered. <laughs> Yeah, that clear so, that clear communication is so critical. Yeah. Um, and so kudos to you for being able to capture that and protect that time because you're right that looking, you know, we can't put more hours in the day, but we can be more creative uh, with how we allot the time that teachers have and what we can provide for them during their time with us. Yeah, absolutely. One, one thing we've done, done some more of in our building, you know, is utilizing those contracted hours during the day to collaborate a little bit. You know, if we've got um, some committee work that needs to be done or, um, you know, a group of us that need to meet, uh, we've been, been able to get creative and find coverage for teachers for 30 minutes so we can sit down and, and hammer something out during the school day instead of staying for an hour after school. And so um, it, it's been nice to see that work and we're all hurting for subs at times and some days we just have to say, sorry, <laughs> you know, we're going to have to reschedule this for Thursday because today we just don't have the coverage we need and and everybody's been you know good with that and provided grace and understanding but um, it's been good to utilize those times during the day to hammer out some of that stuff. That's that's an incredible use of the time and being creative with that. Now, Ross, you talked about your own children because I do follow you on Twitter and I see, um, you know, not only do you take the culture of your building very seriously, but, you know, you're a really proud husband and, and father as well uh, with a beautiful family. Um, and so as a principal, sometimes finding those boundaries to make sure that we prioritize our families and those that mean the most to us, um, that can get that can be tricky, uh, particularly when you have that perfectionist Gene. <laughs> so, so talk, talk about um, ways that you have found to uh, set boundaries and, you know, model for your staff and more importantly, so that you as the leader don't burn out. Yeah. Thank you for that, Jill, too. My three, three little ones, my wife, and they are definitely, definitely my world, my pride and joy. And, and um, 
fortunate enough to be able to spend time with them and you know and just one way that I set boundaries is our family time is our family time um, and when, it, when I'm with my kids you know I, I put the phone away and they have my full attention um, and we do that in the evenings and then you know once they're in bed I can sit down and, and finish work or you know answer some emails or, or whatever it may be um, but when I'm with them you know we, we go down to Lake Cumberland in Kentucky mm-hmm. um, I have a spot down there and, and you know we try to get down there as much as possible and when we're down there that's our time and that's you know sacred time because you're not going to get these years back um, with them so uh, I have tried to model that too for our staff uh, we, we all have staff in our building that just they overwork themselves mm-hmm. and I hate to see that and so you know letting them know some of these strategies of, of just put it away turn off your teacher brain as I tell them and enjoy time with your family or friends and loved ones whoever it may be and really cherish that time together so um, that's that's number one for me um, I also uh, I'm big on turning off my email notifications during those times um, and, and even you know in the evenings I'm just gonna turn them off because um, you, you get those emails if you get the notifications up that just cut instantly get your brain going or get yeah. your blood boiling or whatever it may be and so not seeing those notifications come up for me has really helped a lot um, and then you know talking about modeling it for the staff you know I don't send send emails out to the staff after four o'clock um, I don't send emails out to the staff on Saturdays they know about Sunday three o'clock or three to eight o'clock and they can look for that s'more that's going to come through with all the information for the week but other than that I'm going to respect their time away from this the building as well um, I think I think so. that's you know something that I think that is a small thing that has such a big impact uh, because even though you know we can think well they don't have to look at it but I think sometimes when we do that it sends the unintentional message of because I'm working and sending this to you, then I kind of expect you to be working and reading it. So that's a, that can be a tricky one, uh, but I think that's really a small thing that can have a huge impact with, with culture and with, like you said, modeling those boundaries for your staff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then, yeah, it, it, it's uh, and I've had some staff members say, thank you for that. You know, mm-hmm. I never realized how much I was just like, working constantly 24 7 because if I saw something come through I would immediately sit down and do it um, and now that I can turn off my brain and and get away for a little bit I, I feel more energized and I found a, a passion for this profession that I didn't know I lost and now I have it again and so man that that uh, that that's huge for me I a couple years ago um, I had a, a 30 year plus year teacher come to my office and say thank you and I'm like for what and she said you brought the joy back in teaching for oh. me and I was, I, I was like all right I'm done I'm going to turn <laughs> tomorrow uh, my job is fulfilled and so um, but well, and just- those those are so important because I mean if you're like me like I love my job as a principal but I will never love anything more than being a teacher um, mm-hmm. primarily because as a teacher we get to see those aha moments with kids that we work so hard for and so when we yeah. become the principal occasionally we'll see it with students but for the most part 
you know, they're not, we're, they're not our direct contact, but when we get those ahas with teachers like that, you're right. That's like, okay, great. I can, I, I'm done. I'm done for the year. That's what I needed. And so yeah. as much, <laughs> as much as, uh, you know, teachers, those little things mean to them, you know, understanding for them to understand how much those little bitty things they can say or do, uh, mean to us to help us go keep going as, as principals. Yes. hundred percent. Um, you know, and then like the last one for me for boundaries, like within the workday, um, and I, this is this is kind of a popular trend I think within the within the PLN and across our country, and I hope it continues to grow. But um, you know, finding time for kids every day, and that can be hard some days, <laughs> depending what season you're in uh, within the school year. But I in, intentional, I have set times in my schedule during the day where I'm going to get out and I'm going to be in the classrooms. The cafeteria hallways because we have to have time for kids i mean not yeah. only is it, is it important for the relationships and um, for our, our staff and our building but i think it's important for us because like you said we're all teachers at heart and we all got in this profession at some point for the kids um so you know getting out and being with those kids and just having fun with them I love going out to recess for 10 or 15 minutes and uh, shooting some hoops or, or playing Foursquare um, because that just that fills the bucket. And for me, at least. Well, I think that circles back around to how you started, which was, you know, we can't forget the fun in it. And with all of the demands that are coming down, um, you know, external pressures, we do try to look focus on the things we can control. But even the things we can control. You know, I mean, I think we can all agree that school's never going to be the same. Um, I think that the, the trauma that, you know, students and adults and families experienced as a result of all of that, we're going to be reeling from that for, for quite some time. So making sure that we don't lose sight of, to your point, um, enjoy this, make it a fun place to be, and we can still learn. You know, I think sometimes people have forgotten, particularly with high stakes accountability, combine that with the learning loss that, you know, occurred during the pandemic. Um, that's put a lot of extra pressure on people that sometimes we forget about the fun. So thank you for reminding us about that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Uh, one of my, one of my good friends here, I think uh, uh, Ryan Eckert and I, we're actually presenting this fall at our um, Indiana Principals Conference, and that's our session, leading leading with fun, um, because him and I both, we just, we have to have fun in our profession for us, <laughs> just the way our brain works, um, but seeing that within our buildings, it, it's just, it makes for a happy, special place, and that's our goal. So. What, a, what a great session title. I'm, I'd love to attend that, but look, since I can't, do you want to give us a little sneak peek of a few, a few little tips that you could give some people about if you're not having fun in your building? What are your top two things you would suggest people start doing? Oh, what they start doing? I think number one, just recognizing the, the humans in your building for what they are, you know, and it's easy to, it's easy to say we're going to have a gene day for this, but genuine connections and genuine um, taking time to, I, I try to pick out a person or two a day and just go in and chat with them about their life and how they can, I can support them. Um, and then um, one way that we have fun is we do Fridays and I encourage, I do fist bump Fridays for our students and we jam out the music as they come in the building and they all get a fist bump from my hawk hand. Um, but just finding ways that you can bring joy into the hearts of children and, and in the hearts of the humans in your in your building. Um, we do food truck Fridays for the staff. 
where uh, we got a little food truck that we built uh, and the student leadership uh, members take around snacks for all the staff members they get a snack and a drink on Friday afternoons and so just little ways because you know something you think oh, it's just a, a candy bar and a pop on a Friday afternoon could really be what that person needed and to know that they are appreciated or or maybe they just needed the extra caffeine to get them through the last hour <laughs> but uh, so yeah it's, it's funny because we, we do those appreciation cards too and I always tell people I'm like you'd be amazed at what a cherry coke or an orange fanta would do on an afternoon right? when it's been a long day <laughs> So you mentioned Ryan. Um, so clearly he's, he's, you know, one of your ride or die PLN people, but um, we know that as leaders that we are our own best resources, right? So um, maybe Ryan was someone you were going to mention or maybe not, uh, but who are three people that you're connected with on either social media or, you know, just in person that you feel like if, if the listeners aren't connected with, they need to check them out. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, and, Shout out to Ryan. Um, he's opening up a brand new school here next week. And so oh. I've had a lot of conversations lately. But, you know, Ryan, is, he's in Indiana. He's in northern Indiana. We're about three hours apart, but we're both elementary leaders. Um, so it's been great to have him because we're, we're in similar demographics. You know, so I know what he's going through. He knows what I'm going through and that type of thing. Um, so I definitely encourage folks to find someone locally that you can connect with if you haven't done so already, especially you know, if you're in a smaller district, you may not have a, a group of 10 or 12 principals that are in other buildings within your corporation to lean on. Um, finding folks locally. But for me, I think in my PLN, it's, what's been really cool is like, there are people that I kind of like idolize or not idolize, but you know, like, I'm <laughs> like a big fan of, you know, uh -huh. so like Andy Jacks, Todd Nesloni, Hamish Brewer, um, Jay Billy, like these people, they write books. I, I haven't read a book yet. I don't, I don't foresee that, you know, like they wrote books that I have sitting here in my office on a shelf that um, I really go to a lot, but then to be able to connect with them at like NASP um, mm -hmm. or I was talking to Todd last night on Twitter, Twitter mess, we were messaging back and forth. Like they are real people and real leaders just like I am. Um, and they are so willing to help you. Um, and I'm like, I'm just a, a small town principal from Indiana and, and you're taking the time to, you know, answer my questions and, and connect with me. It, it's really been special to see. And I'm, I'm very, very thankful for that. Um, yeah, so. they're, they're, they are incredible. And you're right that they all still are still so humble. Um, I, I know that um, Todd was on, I think season four, maybe I, Todd was on and, and I can't remember which season of the podcast, but yeah, just, just how humble they continue to remain because in addition to being, you know, their own dynamic leaders and presenting across the country and writing books, you're yeah. right. They are, they still remember what it's like to be, well, I mean, a principal and, and, you know, and there are readily available when you have a question. So that really yeah. is incredible. Those are, those are some real great recommendations. Thank you for that, Ross. Anyone else? For me, I, I, I got a little system, you know, when I see it on, on Twitter or something and, and I, I like it. I you know try to bookmark it, um, and I've got a bookmark folder that I can go back to because there are just incredible leaders all across this country, um, and it's easy for people to say you know education's not in a good state right now, but 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 I'd like to to disagree with that because we've got incredible people doing incredible things every single day, whether they're connected on Twitter or not, um, and our our children are in good hands, our our teachers are in good hands. 
um, you know, passion, one passion of mine is, is building new teachers and building that pipeline. Um, and we've been able to, to do that here within our district. You know, we've got folks that are juniors and seniors in high school that come down and work as cadet teachers in our building. And this summer I was able to hire two of those that just graduated from college and came back and they were here, you know, six years ago working awesome. with kids. And um, it, it is a good time to be an educator. You know, and thank you, thank you for that reminder, Ross. Because I think, um, you know, I, I say all the time, you can't, you can't be on anything, the news, any type of social media, without everyone. And, and really, for the most part, it's people who are in education and people who aren't, um, who are bashing. You know, what a horrible time it is to be an educator. And mm -hmm. I think if we're not careful, and I talked to my staff about this as well, we were just talking about it the other day, is that we have to be careful with what we're consuming, right? Especially with social media, because if, if, you know, if you've got a great culture in your building, they're really, and, and not to say that we won't always have, there will always be challenges, right? But if we, sometimes if you allow that negativity of other places to creep in your building, and so, you know, I think that's just being mindful of that, that, you know, we didn't think we had a problem until I, you know, read that, that the school down the street or across the nation and how horrible it is. So I think, thank yeah. you for that reminder that it is still uh, a great place to be. It is still a great profession to enter because um, it is still a life-changing venture for what we, we sign up to do. So thank you for that reminder. Absolutely. I told our staff that yesterday. I said that I, there is not a better profession out there in this world. And there's not a better, more, there's not a profession that has the capability of changing lives than what we do every single day. Um, and I'm just honored. And, and I, I wake up every morning lucky to be where I'm at and doing what I'm doing. And, and today it's like, whose life can I change today? Oh. What relationship can I make with the student? And um, that I mindset. I love that. So I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you. That, that Linda, what a way to kind of bring us down to a, the close of things. Um, it's just such a, such a humbling, but uplifting, um, inspirational message. So Ross, um, if, if, let me ask you my final question. What are three, what are three words that other people who know you would use to describe you? Oh, that's tough. I, I'm, I'm a, I don't like to talk about myself, but, um, <laughs> me at the end of the day it, depending on who you ask if you can say that i'm fair that i'm kind and that i'm passionate about what i'm doing um, then i i would definitely be a happy man to describe me all right. Well, so you've shared so many great tips today. And again, for people who follow you, like, I just want to be in your school, like your suit. Is that around like Christmas? Time? Like love, love, love all those things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if people want to get in contact with you, Ross, or follow up with you after listening, what's the best way to reach you? Absolutely. Uh, Twitter. Um, definitely. Uh, the Mr. Braun MC. Um, and, uh, or email me. I, I definitely email Ross B at MonroeCentral.org. And I, would love to connect and answer questions. Um, so thank you again, Jill, for this. Uh, oh, I really oh. enjoyed our conversation and uh, just humbled that you asked me to be on today. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thanks for being with us today. And hey, great luck at your conference. I'm so jealous I'm not going to be there, but we'll <laughs> definitely be we'll definitely be connecting as we continue. And then I'm hoping to run into you in person at next year's NAESP if we don't see each other at another conference before then. That'd be great. Sounds All right. Good. Thanks. Thanks yeah. for being with us Have today, Ross. Yep. You do the same. Thank you.
you enjoyed this episode, quit managing and start leading, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of the post. Now, if this is your first episode or you've not listened to any of the other seasons or any of the other amazing guests on this season, go back and give them a listen. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get automatic episode updates for Be The Leader You Deserve. And friends, if we are connected on Twitter and LinkedIn, let's change that status. PLN is everything. Because remember, we're our own best resource. And finally, friends, please take a minute to leave an honest review and rating on Apple Podcasts. They really do help me out when it comes to the ranking of the show, and I make it a point to read every single one of the reviews that I get. All right, friends, have a great week. And don't forget to ask yourself, am I the leader I deserve? And what am I doing about it?